Hello and welcome again to the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We are Rochelle and Carter. Just laying on thick. Laying I'm so on. sorry. You know, you it are was, not. No, I am. I am. We're we're sorry that we didn't get to be here last week. We've been here every week because we've been able to record ahead oh, or whatever. No, I see. That's why you're sorry. I thought you were saying we generally people are so sorry that I have only just now been able to say I have had COVID. Okay, no, we're gonna we're gonna get to that. But this is a weekly podcast that maybe you caught. We weren't here last week. It was a perfect storm of Rochelle being sick and just hard times. And if you listen closely to the, the last one we did, she was actually at home. And yeah. and so you're better, but you decided to get COVID two years after it was cool. It was never cool. Well, it was never cool. It was popular. <laughs> it was many people got it a in pandemic. 2020. Yeah. We send any complaints to C Price. Hey there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you did, but it's it's like your fashion. You don't get it when it's trendy. You get it at Ross two years later. That's right, man. <laughs> because here's the thing: even if it's not on point, uh-huh. when I buy it. It's, it's Give frugal. it 10 years. Okay, okay, yeah. It's going to recycle again. <laughs> and I got it 90% off. Will you tell the, and by the way, uh, you did have a serious bout with it. Glad you're better, sincerely. You. <laughs> will you, but it reminds me, will you tell the story about your jacket? When My you, jacket. When you were feeling oh. that jacket. That, I don't know if it was a Ross, but you, you got that jacket. I know we all have those days when everything is on point. Yeah. Yeah. You know the hair is working. You look good. You've got the right shoes, the right clothes. Mm-hmm. If you're a guy, somehow you had a clear day with no blemishes. Mm-hmm. Like it's just and you didn't cut yourself self-shaving, all that stuff. Yeah. Right? So that was that day for me. And I had this ensemble mm-hmm. that people were like looking when I was in the it makeup store. You you felt People giving you the look of like, like she got it. Look, I want to keep it humble, uh, right? Because right. I love me some Jesus, yeah, and I need to stay humble. But when He gives gifts, <laughs> you can enjoy it, and I can give them to others for people to go. That was eye candy. That outfit was great. All all of the women were going, wow, <laughs> wow. I am jealous. No, the reason why they were giving me the stink eye is because I had put my jacket on inside out. <laughs> And let me tell you about said jacket. I had altered the jacket because it did not quite fit in certain places. And in a GIF, you pull out the hot glue gun. Oh, my. Yeah. (laughs) You make it work. So I made it work with that and some gaffer's tape because that's what I had on hand. That's what I had that thing on. So not only are they seeing what size it is because little tags oh, right. hanging out, yeah. the hot glue gun and the gaffer's tape. And somebody comes over to you, right? This precious woman who I, she was just so sweet. And I thought, I'm not even kidding. I was like, she's going to ask me about something that I am wearing because yeah, this well, outfit's yeah. super cute. And she did. And she did. And she said, ma'am, did you know that your, your jacket's on inside out? <laughs> And then I just started laughing. I don't even know that I was embarrassed anymore. I think I'm at that age where it's not, it's like inevitable. (laughs) Pride comes before a fall. Yeah, exactly. Do you hear the story about the wedding dress? Oh, the wedding dress. So this lady, she had oh, gone to the sorry, wedding store. I thought you were going to do a joke. No, yeah, this, this is actually a real happened. story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this lady goes into a wedding salon type place, picks the perfect, the dress. And then she, she goes home and she 
ordered it through the shop, anticipates it arriving at her doorstep, and it does. And when she puts it on, she's like, oh, no, 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 no. This is the wrong dress. This is the wrong dress. Mm-hmm. And she kind of starts doing the the bridal freak out because mm-hmm. I don't know how many days it was until her wedding. Yeah. And I hope they believe me. So she puts it on. She takes pictures. This is the wrong dress. Can you see this is the wrong dress? And she reaches out and they get back to her and said, ma'am, it's on inside out. Man, the zippers all the hanging worst. out. No hot glue or gaffer no, no, tape. Thank but. God for that. Yeah. Uh, no, this is the weekly podcast. We have some fun. We talk about what we're going through spiritually, uh, and um, also hopeondemand.com is what this is through. So you can check for anything. There's you can go to topic lists right there mm-hmm. and see videos and blogs. Uh, some from some great Christian artists that contribute yeah. as well. Hopeondemand.com. I have had a couple of things burning in the pocket to talk about. Is the pocket inside out? <laughs> I set you up for that, not even on purpose. Oh. I can't even take pride mm. in that, but we all know what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fall down somewhere. Yep. So this is about a guy named King Asa. King Asa, it's a, it may or may not matter to you, but you should know that families, even back in Bible days, didn't get along. Really? Interesting. <laughs> I think we go back to the first family with Cain and Abel. So there were 12 tribes of Israel and those all belonged. Each tribe was named after a a brother, a son of Jacob. Mm -hmm. And long story short, we are well past now Jacob and his children. We are now into their tribes and they make up the 12 tribes of Israel. And after, after some ugly things take place, uh, and and King David is no longer on the throne and King Solomon is no longer on the throne, the kingdom becomes divided. Mm-hmm. So families are fighting, right? And we've got the upper half, which is known as Israel now, and the bottom half, which is Judah. Well, one of the kings from Judah, his name is King Asa, and you have to go through quite a few ugly, nasty, I don't like that king. I don't like that guy. Mm-hmm. That guy, not my kind of guy. Not my kind of guy. Uh, to get to King Asa. And he's a pretty good king. And you're, you're tracking with King Asa. He's trying to make things right. You hear this a lot when you're reading through the Old Testament scripture. And this king followed the horrible example of the particular king before him that led into the defeat and sinning of Israel, blah, 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 blah. Mm. You hear that a lot repeated. And King Asa was one of those guys who really tried. And it said, King Asa was a good king. And he even said we should no longer worship idols. I mean, that's a pretty good sign of a king. That's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, But here he does all this really good stuff. And then something takes place in 2 Chronicles chapter 16. He does this thing where he gets nervous. Uh, See if this sounds like anything you've ever dealt with before. He gets nervous because something big is coming his way in the form of an army. And he knows that this army's got power. So maybe, I don't know, it's an intimidating coworker or it's an intimidating job or financial struggle, whatever your thing is. You know it's it's there, it's threatening to you, and it takes your focus off of where it should be. Sure. Which is on God. And King Asa has been hanging out with God pretty well, staying aligned with the Lord pretty well. But when King Asa heard that there was a guy coming his way to capture his city. That is when he took his eyes off the Lord and he removes the gold and silver from the Lord's temple 
and he presents it to another guy asking him for help in case this country invades his town. And I was like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> that, that's all I want to talk about for a second. King Asa, man, you were, you were so close. You missed it by not even like, I'm, I'm holding up an inch here that much. No, like a mile, mm -hmm. dude, come on. Well. Not only are you not seeking after God who he has sought in the past to be his protector and, and I'm sure at times claimed, God, you are our protector. And yet he, he's freaking out for whatever reason. And I've had those days too, where one day I'm super strong in God and I've got my sights on him and I did good that day. And I think it's the moment where we start to get comfortable that I did the right thing that day. That's when the enemy finds some loophole to get in, mm, sure, sneak in and take your eyes off of God. And the next day you are not nearly as prepared. Your focus, you, you gotten relaxed somehow. And the point is, is that he took gifts that had already been presented to God and gave them to man mm -hmm. for help. And so I wrote this note in my Bible. This had been given to God and re-gifted to man. Give God your offerings and trust him with your struggles. So have we ever done that? Have we ever taken something that belonged to the Lord already? Perhaps, you know, I know in my past with, with financial struggles, um, money that we had sanctioned off as tithe or an offering. And it's like, you know, Lord, the Lord will understand. I really need to use this money. Mm. And it's not that God does, doesn't understand. It's the fact that I have in that moment not necessarily kept my eyes on keeping the main thing, the main thing. Can I trust the Lord? Has he asked me to give that offering? Mm -hmm. Did he? Did I hear from the Lord when he asked for the offering? If I did, I can trust him with the outcome of my financial situation as well. One thing that it makes me think is I always read the uh, Bible stories, anybody in there that you know messes up. And often, especially in the Old Testament, you see, what a dummy. You know, you, you, you read in one verse... Uh, or one chapter, he did this and it was awesome and God saved the day. Mm -hmm. And and then in the next, you you read something like this and it's like, what what a stupid dummy. <laughs> but I think back to like, like think about your life seven years ago. Mm -hmm. so it's so blurry. What was even seven years ago? And then what was I doing seven years ago? Mm. Oh yeah, I, I do remember about that time where I prayed about something and then God saved the day. But you forget moments like that. Yeah. And we have the luxury of it being a few verses apart and going, duh. <laughs> and, uh, and I do the same thing of, yeah. of to, to, I forget what God has done in my life. Mm. And then I scramble when, when the moment happens and I get in a sense, you know, gold and silver that, you know, what, whatever, whatever, whatever the analogy is, is yeah. you know, uh, even if it's just my obedience and my attitude and I scramble to try to do stuff on my own or try to trust somebody else or, or listen to somebody yeah. else. And, um, I, we don't, we don't really do them whether they deserve it or not. We don't, don't really do them a, a good service. Mm. Uh, we don't do ourselves a good service of, of, uh, we should, 
remember what God does in our lives for the next time when we need him. I think the gold and the silver represent our attention. Yeah, that's good. For me. That's good. So my my gold and my silver, that that is the gift I give God is my attention, my focus, Mm -hmm. my desires. I love you. He could care less about gold and silver, but it's what it represented. Mm -hmm. Your earnings. Yeah. um, You're trusting me. You're giving me your first fruits is Mm -hmm. how it's often described. So that story intrigued me. Then there was this other one, um, uh, again, another king of Judah. Because you go through and like you said, super fast, boy, that guy's reign was really over. Uh-huh, yeah. But he, he may have been on the throne for 40 years. It's like, it yeah. took took three paragraphs and now yeah, we're exactly. moving on. So a horrible king and he died a horrible death or whatever. But there was this one guy and Joash was his name, and he took the throne when he was very, very, very little. As a big, ugly, you talk about family fighting. I mean, his mom basically, it was not a good situation. Let's just put it that way. In fact, it got to the place where he had to be hidden from his relative who was seeking to kill him as a very small infant. (laughs) So, uh, Joash hidden in the temple for six years. And the priest kept him hidden there and he wanted him to become the king because there was a queen on the throne and she was not a good queen. She was leading Judah's people astray and having him worship a different God type situation person thing. Yeah. And so Joash became the next king, but it was a hidden king for six years. And this is what I wrote in my in my Bible. I would encourage you to do that. I don't know if you do that, especially uh, because now we do a lot of the Bible on our app. Uh, we've got the Bible app, and I think yeah. you can put notations in there. I've never figured it out because I, I feel like I, I don't know, I'm an old fuddy-duddy and I can't figure out the app, but. Um, I And I don't know how to do that either, but I, you know, you do notes in your phone, but with this, you, you just it's all right there Bible, together. Yeah. And sometimes I'll even put, because I learned this from my mom, you put the date so oh, you sure. can reflect on what year it was. That, huh, I wrote that down in. 2019 or whatever. Uh, yeah. So I wrote, Joash was hidden for six years. And there were, it says, it says that there were faithful people to the Lord in the midst of this time where all H-E double hockey, hockey stick was breaking loose. And people were scared for their lives because this queen was wanting people to follow after a false God. And yet there were faithful people to God in the community. So for six years, did God's faithful people question God's faithfulness? And it just struck me, no matter how much time it takes, God's word is solid. It took how many more years for the promise of an even more important king to appear? And unfortunately, not everybody agreed that Jesus was Messiah, but God was faithful to that promise as well. And, and remembering those places in scripture where we can find God's faithfulness and maybe even marking the timeline so that we see it isn't just three paragraphs. This is years we're talking about of life. And maybe you can relate to that. You've been waiting for a long time for what you feel like God had told you would happen. You can take God at his word and that he will bring whatever he promised to fruition. And I, I would bet on it not looking how you thought it should look when you finally see the end result. I'm betting on that. And and that's okay because if it's God's best, that's sure. the way you want it. You don't want it your way. But I think it's really hard to not just accept it for six years, for example, 
well, well, this is just reality. Well, this is, this must be, well, God must not be real mm. or, or whatever. You know, you think about the people, which is obviously they get a bad rap for a reason. Cause you, you don't hear this, the stories of many standing up yeah. the people in Nazi Germany. Mm. They just accepted it. Well, this is just reality mm. and this is just what it is, but we've got to hang on mm -hmm. to ultimate truth what we know is true. That's why I told you know some of my students when I helped with youth group, you know, mm. you're going to get to a place in college or after. Oh, that, I went to buy it to you know Bible camp and uh, I did a youth group. And that was all silly because that was just a you know emotional time of life and uh, I guess I needed something to no like you know what's you've experienced God you know this is real and we're we're going to get to those moments in our life where it doesn't feel real mm -hmm. and so we got to know what's true because. Six years, that that turns in. Can you imagine you mm -hmm. at the five and a half year mark of like really, this is still happening. This is still happening. What did I? What did are you question everything you had before? And if, if this is just one example of many where there were many kings on the throne um, that were doing exactly what this queen was doing, they were not good people, mm -hmm. and they were leading, they were leading Israel off track, and uh, yeah, then. Then, of course, Babylon exile for Judah and the Assyrians. It was an exile for the northern kingdom for Israel. And now we're thrown into complete chaos where I don't know where my brother is. I don't know where my mother is because I've been carted off. I'm a slave now in this foreign land. And will God be true to his word? So six years, six years of drop in the bucket mm -hmm. compared to the hundreds of years. People probably felt like they'd been waiting for sure. Messiah all their lives. And then they many of them passed away before seeing Jesus. And that's one of the reasons why I feel like Jesus reiterates throughout the New Testament to his disciples. You don't know how many people wish that they could see the things that you are seeing, mm. or even to the, the teachers of the time who didn't recognize him. There are prophets that wish that they could have been here to witness the things that they were prophesying about. And you're bearing witness to it. And you don't even see it right in front of you. Mm. Um, speaking of Jesus, one last beautiful thought from Matthew. Uh, I read this this morning after chapter, out of chapter 20. Uh, there were a couple blind guys and we know it's going to happen because if, if somebody takes note to write about it, then something significant is about to happen. Even if it's the rich young ruler, the, the guy's been termed the rich young ruler where nothing really happened, but it was important enough sure. for the disciples to write about it because even that rich guy, the guy that everybody would have like, if he's like the guy at the yearbook, the most successful, most likely to succeed, that's going to be the guy, right? And then he did. And he shows up at the high school reunion. You can't stand him. <laughs> God, he was cool in high school and now he's cool now. If anybody's going to make it into the kingdom of heaven, it's that guy. Uh -huh. And and Jesus's point was, do you see that he can't release the thing I've asked him mm. to release over to me to follow me? And it was, it was very important that that warning was in there. But so the, I digress. The point is, is that Jesus is, he's coming upon these two guys and he's not just going to walk by them. There's something that's going to happen here because the disciples are writing about it. And let's say, what if Jesus did walk by them, by the way? There would be a story there too. There's a reason why there was not a healing that took place there. And there are those accounts. There's the account of Jesus saying, and not much was done because they did not believe in that town, you know? Mm, mm. But so these gentlemen are, are crying out, son of David, 
Lord, son of David, have pity on us. And Jesus heard them and he stopped and he said, well, what do you want me to do for you? And they said, Lord, we want to see. And Jesus felt sorry for them and he touched their eyes right away and they could see and they became his followers. I think that last part really, I don't know. I just, they became his followers. I read the accounts where I, I remember, well, they were healed. Mm-hmm. And they went around praising the Lord and telling everybody about it or something like that. But no, they became people who I'm going to trek with you now. And my notation to myself was, do I do that? When God makes things clear, do I follow him? Mm-hmm. So they had their physical vision restored. But when I have things, uh, when I have say something that's more spiritual or emotional, something in my world that it becomes clear. Am I following Jesus even after he heals that situation? It helps me know this is the, this is the path I want you to go in. Have you ever been told by the spirit, I don't want you to do that thing and you fight him? Mm. I know I've, I've been guilty of that. And so I think what a beautiful physical happening of a story to remind us about what I can often do the opposite of in the, in my spiritual journey, when God has made things clear for me and I have chosen not to follow him in that regard. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm scared or I don't want to, it's uncomfortable, whatever the excuses that I throw up. And I don't want to be, if I've, if I have been blessed with the almighty's um, instruction that he would even care enough to to single me out and give me instruction, mm-hmm. the creator mm-hmm. of the universe. How dare I? Lord, I'm sorry for those times that I've done that. Um, but anyway, that's those are the three little things that I had in my my pocket that's on inside, inside right, out. Right side out. The last thing that you share, it really, uh, that was um, uh, Peter, the disciple, he was gung-ho for Jesus mm-hmm. and said he died for him. And then that night uh, denied him three times yeah. and was so ashamed at what he had done. Mm. And our pastor went over this very recently. And I, my mind was absolutely blown about this because I, I think it's one of those, those sections that uh, I didn't quite understand, but either didn't realize I didn't quite understand or never admitted even to myself like I didn't understand. So Jesus dies on the cross. He rises again. He starts appearing to the disciples at different times. Mm -hmm. And this is in the last chapter of John. Mm -hmm. And this is for if you've ever felt like you have screwed up so much or you just right where you're at, you're not somebody that can be used by God. And I had never, ever like looked into this until our pastor shared this with us. This is, they're eating breakfast. And this is the last chapter of John, John 21. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Probably pointing to the other disciples. Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know, I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you Then take care of my sheep. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. Mm -hmm. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. And he goes on to tell Peter about how, basically how he'll die Mm -hmm. for for the cause, for, for the Lord. And a couple of things is, 
Peter's denial of Jesus never seems to get mentioned. Mm -hmm. And yet looking into it, it's exclusively being mentioned here Mm -hmm. because one of the words of they're cooking stuff over a fire. Yeah. The Greek word that's used for the fire is only used one other time in the Bible. And it describes the fire that Peter was warming his hands over when he denied Jesus Mm -hmm. to those people. Mm -hmm. So, Already, like Jesus had this fire set up, mm-hmm. and it happened to be the exact same type of charcoal fire that was that Peter had done that, and he used that moment, yeah. And he asked three times, mm. which Peter denied three times, yeah. But you look into it, and what Jesus is asking, see, in the Greek, maybe you've heard this. This is uh, honestly, this is a pretty, you know, uh, there's if you go to if you grew up in church, you know that there's what three or four different um, definitions of love in the Greek language, mm-hmm. three different, like three or four different words in the Greek language that describe love. So Jesus says to Simon Peter, do you agape me? Mm-hmm. Which is this big, like, like, you know, the emoji 100, like, <laughs> do you 100 me? The, yeah. the ultimate yeah. love. And he asked Peter that, do you agape me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I have affection for you. He doesn't answer the same. Mm -hmm. He says, I phileo you, which is this where we get the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Interesting. Okay. Brotherly love. Yeah. Service. You know, I got you. I got you. Yeah. It's about 60, you know, just just in layman's terms, it's about 60% of agape love. Okay. 50%, whatever you want to call it, but it's not, not to the level of agape. I got you. Yeah. You know, I have affection for you. Nope, nope, nope. That's not what I asked. Well, then he repeats it uh, again. Do you agape me? Yes, Lord, you know that I have affection for you. Hmm. And then the third time he says to him, do you have affection for me? Is Now Jesus says it. And he was grieved, Peter, because he'd said to him the third time, do you have affection for me? And Peter says to him, Lord, all things you know, you know that I have affection for you. Now, what this signifies is what Peter is admitting that I don't love you like I should. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, do you love me ultimately? Yeah. And Peter says, no, basically, Mm -hmm. because he's ashamed of what he's done. He's like, I... Because I think beforehand when he said, I'll die for you. Like, yeah. I think he would have answered yes. But he realized that he fell short. Yeah. But he fell short. And so Jesus asked him, do you agape me? And then and then he says, I, I have affection for you. And and then he says, Peter, do you have affection for me? And that's when Peter's like, yes. And Jesus then continues mm-hmm. to give him instruction. Letting that, him know that ultimately it'll kind of come to that place of agape. That's the, like the the fancy word sanctification, right? That you will grow. But I don't wag my finger at you. Mm -hmm. This is what you got. Mm. Let's use it. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. You feel, you know, we've had listeners, they've been to jail. Maybe you've been to jail. Maybe you've gone through a divorce. Maybe you are in the middle of something and you don't know how to stop. Mm. What is required of Peter here mm-hmm. is to admit that because you know with reconciliation and forgiveness, there has to be a I ha- an acknowledgement that I have messed up. Mm-hmm. But what Jesus chooses to, and this is like broke me when my pastor said it this way. He said it to the effect of Jesus didn't get to this moment to then judge Peter or wag his finger. Mm-hmm. What he was seeking was reconciliation. 
And that just, that just blew my mind that mm-hmm. after all that, and it's, and you really have to like, sir, I never thought about how much you have to search in this section here. Peter's actually admitting that he messed up. Mm. I'm not worthy. I don't love you. I, I clearly don't because I'm, I denied you. I don't love you 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus says, well, let's start there. A good parent, if you have had a difficult season with your child, will still provide for that child. Mm. Yeah. And you see the older brother, if you will, because Jesus is kind of represented as, as uh, a brother and there's the father mm-hmm. part of him as well, right? But made breakfast for the disciples that day too. Yeah. And you're making me think about that. I'm like, so he was nurturing them, mm-hmm. nourishing them. Yeah. And when I think about when, when one of my children makes a mistake, if I'm on track with God, because there are days where I want them to know that I am not happy with them. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that per se, but like, I really let the, you go make your own meal. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, no, no. I, when I'm in a, a good place aligned with God, that is that is our heavenly father. He is still providing for us, nourishing us, nurturing us, even when we've messed up. Mm-hmm. And I I love the imagery of that. I I love that there's so much going on in that passage that you've just revealed. That's amazing. And I, I'll, I'll never forget the heart of this missionary who once shared, look at the order as well. When Jesus asks, do you agape me? Mm-hmm. The first thing he asks, admonishes Peter to do is to do what? To feed his. He said lambs first, right? He said lambs uh-huh. first. Yeah. And I never really thought about that until she pointed it out because her heart was about children's ministry. And she said, do you see how important these little ones are to, to Jesus, which Jesus had already made abundantly clear mm-hmm. to his mm-hmm. disciples. And that's something that I think he had to keep driving home to everybody because they were the least of these. They were the ones that, they weren't the rich young ruler. That guy's got status. He's going places. He's going to be the most successful mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. school reunion. And he makes them the first thing he asks Peter to watch over. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that really struck me too when I heard well, when you were talking about, yeah, you still watch after your kids. I remember I had gotten in some trouble in high school. Now, it was silly fun, but it turned out to be super illegal. It's <laughs> 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 a great start of a story. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to say how because I just don't want other people to repeat it. But um, I'll say I'll say this one because I don't actually think it's illegal, technically. <laughs> we would make these dry ice. I swear, if my kids do this, Mr. Carter did this, Mom. So don't let your kids listen to this part if you don't want to get in trouble. Uh, I don't think this is technically illegal. A dry ice bomb, mm-hmm. you put dry ice in a two-liter bottle and you tighten the cap and then set it down and run because <laughs> it will boom oh. the pressure and will boom and and then you, you, it just is fun. Uh, and we did it to just friends. We put it in their front yard. We didn't do it to like hurt anybody. We just did it in our friend's yeah, front yard. It's horrifying though right now, man. Well, we did it. Well, and that's, the, this, is a, this is a different time in 2006. <laughs> different time. Uh, I remember, I, uh, you know what? Oh, stop. You were so young. He's talking about being a teenager in 2006. I had one of those slider with button phones. <laughs> I was married in 2006. Get to your point. The iPhone hadn't even come out. Um, <laughs> So uh, we did it with something else. And that's what I don't want to say what it is, but it was two chemicals mixed together. And, okay. and if you do that, Uh-oh. it's that's a no-no. That's okay. a bomb. If you mix two, two somethings <gasps> yes. together, that is a legal, well, illegal bomb. 
and a, wow. a, an officer drove by mm-hmm. as we did it. Uh, again, all in fun and all in good fun and not hurting anybody, but just technically that's super illegal. And we could have gotten a lot of trouble. Did he make you aware of your ignorance? Yes. He thought it was fireworks. And he, and he honestly was like, just give us fireworks and you'll be on your way. Really? Like, and somebody said, one of the guys in the group was like, oh, we kind of made our own thing. <laughs> and the guy goes, don't tell me that. <laughs> So in, anyways, long story short, it, I ended up not getting in trouble for it. Thank God, uh, majorly. But I remember when I went home and told my parents what happened, you know, my mom was freaking out and my dad, I think was internally freaking out too. Like, what does this mean? Like, are you going to jail? Like, what, yeah. what does it mean? And, um, I never forget my dad, my mom was telling me, I told my mom and my mom, my mom was telling my dad what happened and he was just processing it. And he, and, and he's just sitting there like, I need some time to think about it. <laughs> he gives me like 10 bucks. He's like, go get us some milkshakes. That was not what I thought your dad was going to say. I didn't either. Or do. I didn't either. Here's 10 bucks. Get some milkshakes. It was to me such a <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, I know. You know, so many, my husband's culture, my husband would be like, my, <laughs> my mother-in-law would be, t- me sweater, she'd be taking right. off her shoe, yeah, her yeah. chunkle and hitting him over the head with it. Well, and I think it's because there were certain shakes. things, there were certain things my dad would have done with that, but, but with the, <laughs> the, you know, the crazy fun in high school, he had done it too. And, and it was concern for what might happen, but it was also like, I got to process this and we might as well sit down together and have a milkshake. Mm. I don't know. I just kind of think about that in that same regard. Like he's still willing to give me something I didn't deserve mm. in the moment. Yeah. Acknowledging that it's wrong. Right. Also moving forward that I shouldn't be doing that, but here's where we're at. And we're still together. I think also uh, you should know this about Carter, you who are listening. He's a good kid. You're the kid that went out of your way to write a school paper about all the presidents of the United States. And you weren't even asked by your teacher to do that. Okay, don't, don't, that's not a good example. I'm a nerd. That was a nerd move. You were that kid though (laughs) that sought your parents' favor. Sure, yeah. And you tried to always do the right thing. And still to this day, that that is your heart's desire is you're driven to be godly and build that character after what Christ wants us to to do, to honor the Lord. And that's who you are. Now, I'm also thinking about parents who might be listening to that story saying, oh, I don't think God would handle me that way. I think it would handle differently. I think God's love shows up differently. That day on the beach, they needed a meal. They'd been fishing all night long, no success. And Jesus met them at their point of need. And so whatever it is, I mean, like there would be other people, like I said, my husband, who (laughs) my mother would, my mother-in-law would have hit him with a sandal, you know, maybe that's what he needed. I don't know. But But, I think God knows how, because he knows us individually, how to handle each one of us, right? He knows the heart, right? Mm -hmm. And so Peter was so ashamed. Now, if you're in a situation where, you're having an affair unrepentantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There might be some harsh truth that God's going to give you, but, and there's, and there's just basic consequences for our actions too. And that's just regardless of of how you feel. If if we've made mistakes, there's just consequences. But if you are have an addiction and you just hate yourself and you want out Mm -hmm. of it, God, Jesus seemingly here wasn't an addiction, but seemingly here is going, Let's start right here mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. 
acknowledging that it was wrong acknowledging, mm-hmm. acknowledging, no, no, I'm not your grandpa. That's going to wink at your sin and say, it's okay. <laughs> no, he's, he's saying, choose me, but we'll start right here with your brokenness and we'll move forward. And he's not untouchable. The reminder that he's yeah. tempted by the things that tempt us because he was human. Yeah. So he yeah. was God, but he wore our human flesh. And so, I mean, uh, for example, if he got bit by a spider, he itched the, the scratch. I'm sure Mary's like, don't scratch don't it. Don't scratch. Don't scratch, uh-huh. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and the temptation, obviously, there to scratch. But I, I, And I'm using that as a silly example when there's obviously, I'm sure there were other struggles that he worked through so that it was not a sin. And he was able to call it what it was in his mind and captive uh, hold captive that thought yeah. before it led him down a thinking road Sure. That is what he would tell you later. If you've thought it, then it's the same as doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know when you've passed on to that place of no longer being tempted by something, but you have, you are fantasizing about the thing now. Right. And yeah. perhaps even doing it physically. Um, and both, he says, are, are, are a sin. Yeah. But he has been tempted. He understands what it is to have desires. So whatever the addiction is, he created us as well. So he's got like both sides of this thing covered, sure. all sides of the spectrum covered. And I think that's so important because otherwise we we look down on ourselves and then we certainly don't want to surround ourselves with people who are already looking down on us. And then God is looking down on me. No, it's, it's not like that. It's mm-hmm. so hard to try to convey if you've never experienced the person who will bring you a milkshake Mm-hmm. sit it in front of the, the child who is not where they should be and process the situation with them. But that that's who we're, yeah, that's who, I, that's the touchable, amazing Jesus who is. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So if you, if you feel that way, um, know that he is seeking a relationship with you, even if you are already saved and believe in him and you know you're going to heaven, but you just don't feel that everyday yeah. relationship, so... Uh, thank you for your time. This has been the Anything But Quiet Time podcast that we do weekly. And uh, Rochelle won't get COVID for at least 90 days. So uh, we'll certainly be good there. Thank you. And we'll see you and next week. And I wear week. my shirts outside in. Oh, gosh. <laughs>